0: Three, two, Hello and welcome to the Screen OD podcast. I hope you're having a good day. It's Tim here. I will be your guide through a veritable smorgasbord of television, film, movies, movies if you're in America, film if you're in the UK, streaming content and general entertainment and media fun and games. Yes, wherever you are, Screen OD is here to be your guide and make your streaming life better. Whether you're walking, driving, lying down and listening, this is the podcast for you. Hopefully you're not sleeping though, because I have a habit of starting to listen to podcasts and fall asleep before I really get into uh, what it's all about. So hopefully not too many of you have dropped off yeah if you do drop off and don't know what's happened do start again tomorrow or just email us at podcast at screen and ask what was in the episode and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you um with some details I mean we can't provide that as a service that scales up to everyone forever because obviously I would, we'd have to hire a whole team of people who are just writing personalized emails to everyone uh, in a uh, in in the podcasting galaxy which could be quite Inefficient, which is why we do this podcast. It's kind of like once for everyone. So hopefully um, you're just listening, and uh, you're very welcome. So you probably want to know what's happening today on the podcast, and I, I'm going to tell you. It's a bit of a sci-fi special this week, which is good because I am um, I'm partial to a bit of science fiction. I'm not a sci-fi super fan by any means, but I certainly I grew up um, listening and to and watching kind of uh, BBC primarily BBC radio collection and and VHS videos of you know the thi- things like Doctor Who obviously had a lot of Doctor Who videotapes going around particularly a family friend was a big collector of them so we used to borrow those and watch the old Tom Baker episodes uh, especially very very keen on uh, things like the arc the Ark in space uh, cyber Mats. you don't see as much of them as you used to Um, But also listening to kind of radio programs that had a a sci-fi twist to them. And um, they used to also do kind of like audio versions of the telly and release them as cassette tapes, which I don't think they do as much as they used to. Probably because no one uses cassette tapes anymore. Um, And everyone's listening to, you know, stuff on their phone, uh, on the Spotify and on the iTunes. So actually... I shouldn't complain, really, because there's no way the BBC would have turned this program into an audio cassette. So I need to be, you know, I need to be thankful that actually we've moved on in the world. So, yes, it's a sci-fi special today. And the reason being because there's two pieces of sci-fi content for you to enjoy. The first that we've got today is a review of an excellent program, one that if you haven't heard of, you definitely should go and look up. And even better, I recommend you go and watch, it's called Night Sky. So we're gonna have a review of that coming up momentarily. And then later on in the program, we're going to be asking the question, what sci-fi stuff in TV and in movies was predicted and then went on to come true? Question I ask myself a lot, and it's one that we're not only gonna ask, going to answer. But before we do that it's time to go to our review which is Night Sky. What's going on in your garden shed? Do you have intergalactic forces at work? When was the last time you checked? Well you're probably going to want to after watching Night Sky. You ready to make history? You say that every time. Yeah, it's a heck of a view. Oh, it's more than that. Maybe it's time you finally tell somebody else. Right, okay, what's this all about then? Night Sky is a science fiction drama series from Amazon Studios and if you're a fan of science fiction and fantasy you'll know that Amazon are currently looking to soon release one of the biggest shows of the genre and one of the most expensive that has been hotly anticipated in the shape of the new Lord of the Rings TV series in September but let's talk about Night Sky it follows the story of Franklin and Irene York they are an aging couple who have been married for over 50 years he's a retired carpenter she used to be an English teacher they still live in their own home although Irene's health is starting to fail in many ways they feel like an ordinary aging couple but they have an extraordinary secret because when they go down to their garden shed and they go down some steps in there there is a big secret that they have been hiding for some time now Yep, if they pop down some stairs in their garden shed and they've done it over 800 times, they tell us, they are able to access a viewing lounge, I suppose you'd probably call it, where there's a couple of nice chairs, it's a nice environment to hang out in, and there is a big window that looks out over, yep, You probably didn't guess this. It's a deserted planet with a desolate landscape and stars and all the things you might expect to see on a deserted planet. There's also a door down there that goes out apparently into that planet. Now they haven't been out through that door because they're too old and they're too uh, frightened to do it. But it does uh, turn out that they have put some mice out there and they didn't last very long. So what's going on? in this world well we don't know but we do follow their story as they start to discuss what they might do next it turns out that irene is more interested in this new world than perhaps franklin is she wants to go there more often than him and when they are there she wants to stay there for longer he's asking questions about what she's expecting to happen and she seems to think that this is a riddle that they need to solve that there is a reason that they and they are alone have been guided to this place Franklin is keen to tell someone else perhaps their granddaughter Denise about this or someone else about this weird experience that they keep having but she wants to keep it to themselves she believes that it is their role to try and find out what this is all about the question is how long can they keep this a secret how long can Irene stop anyone else from knowing about it it doesn't matter whether Franklin tells anyone or not he's wheeling her about in a wheelchair. At night and their neighbors already have a suspicion and one particular neighbor is watching them and keeping an eye on these late night antics and what is even worse is he has now told their granddaughter Denise and so she now knows that there is activity going on which is perhaps suspicious now she may think that they're perhaps starting to lose their minds and acting in a strange way but it does feel like everything's going to lead back to that garden shed at some point. And then, to add even more excitement and intrigue to this story, at the end of episode one, someone appears who will change this story and start to take it onto a new journey. I don't want to talk too much about what happens because I don't want to spoil it for you, but there are elements at play in this shed which go beyond just that viewing lounge. I don't want to go into any more detail at this stage about what happens next at the end of episode one or into episode two because I do feel like this is a show that is deliberately crafted to be intriguing and to slowly release information. But all you do need to know is that Franklin and Irene's story is obviously at the very centre of this, but there are interconnected stories that we are starting to be introduced to that will, it seems, start to come together and coalesce around a common theme. Although this is clearly an intriguing story with lots of twists and turns and mysteries to come, that will keep you gripped as a viewer. I think the thing that you'll be drawn to most, that I certainly was, is the clearly exceptional performances from the two lead actors who are playing out this beautiful relationship on screen between Irene and Franklin. You have Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons, two brilliant actors at the absolute top of their game. It's the things that they don't say, the looks that they have for each other. All of the nuances that you get from great performances, from actors who have such great chemistry that make this Irene and Franklin relationship so believable, so beautiful, so nuanced and crafted that you really can't help but root for them and also want to know what's going to become of them. That is at the heart of a brilliant show and that is what keeps you coming back to great TV. And therefore, I think that if you like great drama and you like great sci-fi this is a show that has a lot for you night sky is available to watch right away on prime video wherever you live and i recommend if you want a great show to get your teeth into you go and start streaming it just about now there's a reason we were the ones who found this this is our riddle to solve Yeah, I genuinely can't recommend that one enough. If you're a fan of science fiction, you're going to really enjoy it. And some absolutely brilliant performances in it as well. But just really, really well-paced piece of TV. Um, So yeah, do go and watch that. But we promised you more than just a review today. I promised you that there would be a talk of what science fiction stuff from TV and movies has actually come true now I've got to admit most of the things that I assumed when I was a child and you know as I said I'm not a student of science fiction in the in the sense that I know the ins and outs of every science fiction series and uh, um, uh, kind of obsess over canon but I am someone who you know did take a, a keen interest in it and it certainly captured my imagination as a child and I was growing up in in the 80s and I just made the assumption if I'm honest that by the time I was an adult, that uh, everyone would be travelling by some form of flight. Um, Not we would grow wings and evolve in 20 years into bird-like creatures, although that would be quite cool, but more that, you know, the, the Jetsons would be a thing. I guess I saw the Jetsons as a blueprint for modernity. I saw it as... You know, people would definitely fly in some sort of hovering vehicle most places. Um, you know, school, work, holidays. I mean, people do fly on holidays, so they were already doing that, to be fair. But I thought that there'd be quite a lot more flying vehicles than there currently are. Now, we've got drones, and there's always talk of drones delivering everything and, you know, people flying on the back of drones and things but they don't the sky is not lit up with drones at the moment which i think is probably a good thing because it would be noisy wouldn't it because they're very noisy drones uh, one flew over my garden the other day and i thought oh blimey that is noisy and imagine if there were hundreds of them all over the place delivering things and people might be a bit much um but the other thing i think that people uh, and certainly i thought and probably most of my friends was that just like the you know like the jetson style Well, everyone would just be wearing um, a a tinfoil jumpsuit at all times, regardless of the fact that you're still on Earth. You'd definitely be wearing a tinfoil jumpsuit. And to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen anyone wearing a tinfoil jumpsuit, possibly ever. But certainly not day-to-day, just walking down the high street, Uh, you know, maybe at a fancy dress party. So that didn't happen. None of that happened. The flying everywhere and the jumpsuits didn't happen however quite a lot of stuff back then that felt far-fetched that we were already seeing in tv and movies 80s movies a lot of great sci-fi in the 80s um has happened in some form or certainly uh feels like the things that have happened were very similar so let us go now on a journey into sci-fi stuff from movies and tv that actually happened. It's the stuff of sci-fi. It's a phrase that's sometimes used to describe things that really we don't expect to happen in our lifetimes. But I'm here to tell you that TV and movies have predicted more things in their sci-fi depictions of the world than you might think. So let's go on a journey through some of the things that have gone from sci-fi to reality. I'll be back. Oh, right. Uh, wasn't expecting him. Uh, nice to see you, Arnie. Thanks for the intro. Gentlemen, be me aboard. We can't, Captain. Transporter is out again. Mr Scott, 20 seconds to detonation. Goodness, high drama as always on the USS Enterprise there in the 1960s in the original series. And the reason I picked that clip, as you've probably guessed, is because you see Captain James T. Kirk there using his communicator device. Now, the communicator was something that allowed members of the crew to talk to each other, but also pinpoint positions and also send SOS messages when they needed to. Does that sound familiar? Yes, indeed. It was like a flip phone, wasn't it? But actually the functionality in it was quite similar to a modern smartphone yes you couldn't do your snapchat and stuff because it hadn't been invented yet but it was a very smart device which now everyone's got one in their pocket but everyone in the 1960s when they looked at that communicator device saw it as something that would probably never happen but it did happen and it has happened anyway let's move on to our next thing Ah, 2019. Do you remember it well? We used to fly around our cars in Los Angeles in the pouring rain great times now of course uh, the flying car hasn't quite uh, developed yet from 1982's Blade Runner but what we did see in that clip was an enormous digital hoarding with uh, advertising on it and that is something that in 1982 was something of the future it wasn't in every street it wasn't on every city corner but of course now today those kind of digital billboards that go beyond uh, the normal just advertising they are videos they are holograms they are exciting colorful experiences in some cases that actually adapt to what is going on around them that is commonplace so Blade Runner Ridley Scott 1982 that was something quite futuristic to predict oh yes what was once just a sci-fi fantasy is now a marketeer's dream and we can be advertised at on any street corner in any city almost anywhere in the world and I think to myself what a wonderful world Where am I? You're in a Johnny Cat. I mean, what am I doing Uh here? I'm sorry, would you please rephrase the question? How did I get in this taxi? The door opened, you got in. Ah, the Johnny Cab, everyone's favourite autonomous driving vehicle. But of course, when Total Recall came out in 1990, the idea of cars driving themselves felt pretty futuristic. Now today, of course, some of the biggest automotive manufacturers in the world and the tech companies are all trying to work out how to make cars drive on their own. Some with more success than others. And I think this footage here just is someone where you can't see the hands on the wheel. But it gives the illustration of an automated car driving along and i'm sure at some point in the very near future these automated cars will become quite the reality in our lives whether or not they'll still have johnny driving them i don't know i think personally i'd feel more comfortable if he wasn't there but we'll have to see how it goes but once again a great prediction from sci-fi of the way that things would go the Met yeah. hello hello how are you squirt What are you doing? No, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, didn't predict the fact that it would be very difficult to get any sense out of children when you talk to them. That's been going on long before people were on space stations trying to make video calls. But the thing that it did predict was that our everyday lives would at some point involve video calls. And as many of us have found since March 2020, video calls are very much part of our lives now in fact a lot of people have spent the last couple of years doing very little except make video calls but video calls in this setting in 1968 and this is not just between two people in different towns this is about someone in space calling earth this was pretty futuristic stuff and he put his uh, card in and his pin in there so it kind of reminds you of some of the early days of skype of course now video calls are something that people make without having to pay at all so uh things have moved on completely but video calling 2001 a space odyssey that is something that was pretty ahead of its time now you might say that you wish we hadn't got to that time but we have the future has arrived and you've got uh, that film to help thank for it there's nothing there the books have nothing to say Well, of course it's not got anything to say. It's a book. It can't talk. It's not an audio book. You have to read it, mate. Don't just sweep them on the floor or burn them. It's just not on. Anyway, this is Fahrenheit 451, which is a 1966 film based on a Ray Bradbury novel. And the thing that's interesting about this one is not that it predicted the fact that the audiobook would come along and allow books to talk to you, which um, is something that does happen. And interestingly is what the device that it predicted is used for in many cases, because in the book and in the movie, there is a device called a C- shell which is a thimble like device that goes inside people's ears and it allows wireless communication of information and music and many people have compared this to the earbud or apple's very famous example of that the airpod you've got to remember that most people in the 60s who were using headphones would have had massive great cans like that connected by a loopy wire to their record player so the idea of a wireless device that can be used anywhere was pretty futuristic but uh, the airpod has arrived and if you want to get your hands on one there are some deals down below in the description of airpods so you know do feel free to check them out if you would like i have extended my consciousness to this house all systems here are now under my control In the 21st century, the Internet of Things, well, it's a thing. Everyone wants everything to be automated and they want to be able to do it through voice activation. You want a little box in the corner of the room that you can say, turn off the lights, turn up the heating, turn down the TV. You don't want to have to put wear and tear on that on your finger because why would you press a button when you can just talk to a machine in the corner that will do it all for you? Well, in the 1977 horror film Demon Seed, a man comes up with a device that's kind of like a brain for his house that is able to do a lot of the things that we would expect from a smart home now we don't want to talk too much about how things kind of ended up going a little bit wrong with the device in demon seed but the smart home idea was kind of pretty much well illustrated in this film because the device was able to do a lot of the things that people expect now geordie a man with unique vision and klingon officer Worf. shields and deflectors up sir Go to yellow alert. Today, the idea of being able to aimlessly while away our hours by scrolling up and down a mobile phone screen or on a tablet or increasingly on a computer screen is something that we kind of expect as standard. But in 1987, when Star Trek The Next Generation exploded onto our screens, this was something that people probably hadn't seen very much before. Was it predicting the future? Did it see what we would all be doing? Well, they didn't quite get the, you know, riding around in space bit, right? But when it came to the screens and the touchscreens, I think they had it pretty much bang on. Yeah, interesting stuff, all that. Um, As I said, you know, sci-fi didn't quite go the way that I thought it was going to. But, you know, there's still time. There's still time. I guess when when you're a kid thinking about what will the future be like, you kind of think being an adult is about as far away as it gets. And then obviously you get a bit older and you start thinking, you know, hopefully I've got a bit longer and uh, maybe 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 we will one day fly everywhere and wear spacesuits on earth i mean it does the spacesuits thing does seem pointless just i mean maybe it's just a comfort thing maybe people just think it's more comfortable to wear kind of Four spacesuits and you know that's a realization that we'll all come to but i don't know it feels feels like that bit probably won't happen um but you know, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, thanks very much for joining us again, joining me for the um the Screen OD podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you. Um it's very nice, very nice to hear from you as well. So if you do want to get in touch, do um do send us send us an email at podcast at and um please do go and look at the uh the YouTube channel because there's tons of content there if you love uh, TV movies, streaming um we're looking for you know information about things that might happen in shows in the future and just generally you know love love the entertainment world um there's loads of stuff on the youtube channel you just go to youtube.com if you put forward slash c forward slash screen od the f- the easiest way of finding it but there's probably other ways um but i'll let you work that out you're a smart bunch you don't need me to tell you how to do that we're on all the socials as well and of course you can go to screenod.com if you want some a uh, bit of written content um there's some of that on there as well so there's kind of lots of options if you're a fan of the screen od um to 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 stay in touch but um obviously keep podcasting with us as well because this is kind of the most probably the most laid-back way that you can stay in touch with the screen od world um but it's been a pleasure having you here as always and um we'll see you again very soon have a have a lovely day whatever you're doing bye